0: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats on the Out of Collective Network. My name is John Kroom. If you haven't already, please make sure you hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review. as It really helps out a lot and uh, is much appreciated. Um, also, if you haven't already, please make sure you head on over to johnkroomcycling.com pick yourself up a coffee mug or a sticker or something cool and uh yeah show some love i really appreciate all the support and all the time that you guys have spent uh involving yourself into this podcast it's been super cool uh and yeah we have some cool things coming down the down the road so be on the lookout for that um with the out of collective um, i put down in the description um how you can follow the other podcasts and go check out the other podcasts uh, all you have to do is go down to the link in the description below Anyways, enough of that. Let's dive into this week's episode, and that is with the vegan cyclist, Tyler Pierce. I've been trying to get him on for quite some time. He's a busy guy. He's a busy guy. And honestly, this is an interesting podcast because literally I ask him one question, and it's about an hour and a half long. Um, it, it's, it's unreal. It's so much fun and so much fun packed into one episode but essentially we find out who is tyler pierce how does he become the vegan cyclist and how does he find himself in the cycling world and uh it was a really interesting episode because it's a guy that i kind of kind of look up to in some ways um with content creation and just um video creation and some of the arts side of of, of some of the content he produces and so it's really cool to kind of sit back, relax, and, and, and just chat through some of that. But anyways, let's dive into this week's episode. But first, let's hear a quick message from the sponsors. Guys, back for another episode. Spot. Spot covers your medical bills up to $20,000 each time you get injured. Spot will actually cover your actual out-of-pocket costs instead of a fixed fee. In a world where many people are under and uninsured with sky-high deductibles, Spot fills the gap that is sorely lacking in the outdoor space. Spot has no deductible and it has a and is a monthly subscription can be canceled at any time. Spot works with works whether you have health insurance or not. While Spot works with and covers a lot of cyclists, mountain bikers, Spot policies cover you 24/7 worldwide whether you're ripping a crit, skiing a black diamond or chopping up food in your kitchen or even climbing Mount Everest. Guys, if you haven't already, please make sure you go check out spot at kroom.getspot.com. That's kroom.getspot.com to get your quote today. It's as little as I think like, I think it was like 20 bucks a month. Um, so yeah, be sure to go check them out at kroom.getspot.com. Kroom.getspot.com. Also back for another week is Twisted Spoke. Guys, um, I'm not even going to tell you to go to Twisted Spoke. All you need to do is go into your local bike shop and say, Hey, I need some CBD in my life. And I think I need Twisted Spoke because they can order it. Um, it's on all of the big, Uh, suppliers websites. All you have to do is say, Hey, I want some twisted spoke in my life. Uh, John Kroom was talking about it. So can you get this in the bike shop? So go check them out. I'm really a huge fan of their uh, peppermint nighttime tincture as it really does help me go to sleep. And I really appreciate it. So go check them out at twistedspoke.com, and also ask your retailer to stock this. Um, yeah. Also back for another episode is bike hardcore guys. I'm tired of seeing you with dirty bikes and all kinds of other crazy stuff. So go check out bikehardcore.com to get all your bike cleaning needs with all this salt, dirt and shit on the road. Um, you need a, you need a high quality product that can clean your bike. And, um, bike hardcore has a, uh, a bundle and a package that you can buy where they get you the sprayer, they get you the, the the soaps and all the chain lubes and everything that you need so all you have to do is go to bikehardcore.com that's bikehardcore.com use code crew at checkout get 10% off your first order all right guys now that we are done with all the ad reads for this week let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode what's going on guys welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats by the Out of Collective. I'm sitting here with Tyler Pierce, the vegan cyclist known as the vegan cyclist, but I know him as Tyler Pierce. Um, Anyways, man, how how are you doing, dude? I'm doing good, but I'd rather be in a van drinking coffee. Yeah, you and me both, you and me both. And so I don't know if you know how this whole podcast started, but I was gonna try the whole vlog life. I was gonna try to outdo you um, via YouTube and uh i luckily for you covid hit um and so when covid hit i uh yeah i would have been an asshole to just go out and travel in my van and drink coffee and i was like fuck how am i going to promote sponsors and whatever else and i started this podcast yeah and um got cool guys like you on and whatever else but yeah when when i see you next i'm going to make you an aeropress straight out of the straight out of the van and if i have the top tube van by then um We'll, we'll we'll pull you a shot of her some espresso out of the van so that'll be cool <clears throat> how big of a coffee guy are you on a scale like 1 to 10 like 10 being like maximum coffee guy like a douchebag that brings a scale weighs it out and that kind of guy
1: yeah uh, like <clears throat> you steep it for 45.7 oh, yeah. seconds you weigh the water it's 22% of the total volume you know like all of that
0: I used to be that douchey i'm not that douchey anymore um but i i actually had a scale with a timer where i'd weigh out the coffee i ground the coffee to a certain grind setting and then i would steep it for a certain amount of time and then i would expend it with a certain amount of water in grams yes that's crazy i, I mean was, i'm I a huge
1: coffee i'm a huge coffee fan uh black coffee uh, just Across yeah, yeah. the board. I've actually don't think I've ever drank any other way. Uh yeah. and so, but to me, I must not have a uh a, 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 an advanced palate because your bottom of the barrel pod coffee yeah. versus the most expensive bean, ground, steeped, all of that. The difference is like between zero and a hundred. Like y- you might have a five-point difference.
0: Okay, I, I, you, we could talk about this all day, but I feel like I would disagree with you a little bit there um, between a pod and like, if I were to make you an AeroPress, 100%. I would actually, I'd actually love to do a video just on that, where I sit you down, I make two cups of coffee, you don't see me make the cups of coffee, and I tell you to take a sip, and then you tell me the difference and which one's better.
1: I would be able to tell you the difference. Okay. And, and I know that the, the French press, the AeroPress, anything, is going yeah. to be better. What I'm yes. saying is the difference is between big how how much better it is is marginal. And so, like, I uh, my my wife got me this really nice espresso machine, yeah. and um, I love it. It's amazing. But to be honest, I want to have something in my hand and put it in my face that's zero calories all day long. And so uh I I would rather have actually like lower quality lower caffeinated and like see, pot coffee so I can just keep drinking it versus this quadruple espresso where my 100%. eyes are popping out of my head my new.
0: 100% and like I, and that's why I said I used to be that way and see then I started I got this thing called um fuck what's it called a job and um <laughs> and I started doing other because you see cyclists do this I think more out of the aspects is they have nothing fucking better to do and it just adds math and so it looks cool and so like you walk into your roommates thing when you go do your you know your stage race or you're at your track race whatever and they whip out the scale and in between track sessions they're weighing out coffee and doing whatever they have nothing else to do now i have emails and meetings and this and that and this and that and so yeah i i go to the keurig Just like any other normal human but i will be honest i do have a scale i do have an arrow press i do have a very very nice espresso machine and i'm getting a nicer one um where it literally weighs out the shot and times the shot um every time and so yes i i i I am in the mix of that but now that see that needs to be that needs to be (laughs) the treat right and this is yeah yeah. this
1: is where i got exactly trouble i got into some trouble where i was i was making only espressos All day long and so then before my espresso machine uh even though i really like coffee i might only drink two or three cups in the day of like pot coffee or french press coffee uh and it wasn't so that the amount of caffeine wasn't that bad and so i never really felt like addicted to it i just enjoyed it but then once i started doing espressos and it's basically like you're having like a dessert and then now that's my level of everyday coffee Now I'm like six espressos, six six espressos in by noon, you know, and now, now my, my caffeine tolerance is so high. And so like, I have to do now, if I go to a shitty cup of coffee, I'm like two shitty cups of coffee just to bring me to baseline. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's yeah. just no. I, and, I need to like reset. You know, reset the uh, the receptors. On and that.
0: that's another thing is like I just don't have the time anymore. You know, to to sit literally sit down and do that much measuring of my coffee and taste testing of my coffee because you have to dial in espresso machines like grind settings and all uh, for you to get actually quality quality shots et cetera but anyways <laughs> now that we've well, look, dived yeah. into like our first 20 minutes of just fucking talking about coffee and how we how we take it um I know
1: but dude how how <clears throat> coffee connects every human across time
0: yeah it's right? unreal. there's vi-
1: like like let let's say sex okay sex is yeah. an experience that you could talk with uh Cleopatra right uh yeah. or you could talk with Aristotle and yeah you could communicate and understand sex as an experience. Coffee is, is one of those rare things that That everybody experiences. Yeah. That everyone enjoys everyone. Everyone almost has it as a part of their personality. You know, um, it's like,
0: it's, and if they don't have coffee, if they don't have coffee, they have some other filler. Like and that, so, that totally meets the point. need. That meets well, the need, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and yeah. so in all reality, it does, it all does kind of come together.
1: Well, and and so I'll I'll end the coffee chat on this part <laughs> and, and loop it into YouTube a bit, yeah. which is that uh I've done a train like a pro challenge three years. Uh the first year I did it on Instagram story, because I didn't I did I had never daily vlogged uh before then. And so I actually daily vlogged on Instagram story. And That's then I, I had such a such a good response to that. I was like, well, how much harder is it cuz it would take me about 2 to 3 hours to build the story every night. Um and so then I was like, well, shit, I could just be doing a full on YouTube video. And so then the next year I did it and um I just I didn't plan this out, but every morning I would just, I would open up the shot with my coffee maker running. Yeah. Uh and so when you take your life and you condense 30 days down to maybe an hour, right? Across all of it, you, you things it looks like I'm drinking coffee nonstop, right? Like yeah. that's my entire life. And it's like, well, yeah. it's not the case. You know what I mean? But, um, and so then I got, uh, I got a lot of hate. I, I was so surprised, uh, like people saying, I am a drug addict that, huh. um, you know, I can't function without coffee and which never was a thing. I just, like coffee but it was yeah. so strange to see um this certain this certain division of people who are like you know that is that is cocaine you're you're a heroin addict by drinking coffee um and it was like really surprising to me that that well, that kind i just of i also think
0: be- i also think that people that comment on youtube videos are like It's one or the other. Like you're gonna get somebody that's super fucking awesome and is like been watching you since you had 10 subscribers. And then you you get this other guy that literally I think I think there's bots in the world on YouTube and people that literally I don't know if they're hired or what, but I think they're sitting behind their computers and it's like, oh, I'm gonna ruin this fucking dude's day real quick. Hey man, you shot that video so shitty. That sucks. This sucks here's a thumbs down, eat shit and die. And you're just like, "Fuck, I got like 5." Uh, and for, uh, for, a, for a guy like me, for a guy like me, I got like 5 comments on my video, okay? Yeah, and that's yeah. one of the four? It's like, "Fuck."
1: <laughs> well, so what's what's like uh why, right? I mean, I you you got you, inter, you were entertained. 100%. Right? Like you 100%. consumed the content that is completely free. Yes. And you this was your choice. i I didn't come on your tv and force you to watch this right like you clicked through and so then it's so weird because i have seen videos that make me extremely angry and i disagree with everything about it i hate it never in a million years would i ever think about going into the comment section and saying anything i just go okay that sucked that was stupid And then I move on to my day, dude, it's, uh, it's, it's actually,
0: it's mental, man. Like I, I, I literally just don't understand it. And I get it with this podcast even too. It's like, you know, we're this, I don't even know what episode this is probably like 98 or something at this point. And, you know, it's funny because sometimes the same people that comment negative things are still listening to my, to my episodes. And so, um, thank you. I appreciate it because you, the download counts are high and yeah. things are yeah, great kids. right now. And sponsors well, totally. are great, but, uh, but anyways, awesome, dude, man. so where do you get started? Because like, I don't understand you. So I tried to actually go back and I'm actually glad that we waited this long to do this. So like, I tried to get you on in the beginning and I was like, oh yeah. Cause like I was killing it with guests. I had some of the best content creators, athletes, um, and everybody alike. And I was like, I just need the vegan cyclist to like make this whole whole circle connect. But then I started watching, because I never actually watched a lot of your content, and then I started watching more of your content. And it's actually interesting knowing where you came from like with the motorcycle stuff, and then into cycling, and then into content creation, and then you still kind of have a job, but you also probably are more pro than some pros even. Like, I just, I don't get it, man. Like, I I don't get it either.
1: Okay, so I don't get it. Who are you? (laughs) I don't know know who I am, man. Uh, It's been been such a weird journey uh, because, so when people are successful, people always want to try to look at, like, you had a roadmap, you had a plan, you meant to do this. And then I think some people trick themselves into retroactively thinking they made key decisions to find their success. Bro, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing (laughs) ever, okay? Yes. I will never know what the fuck I'm doing. And and so like nothing is pre-thought out. I have no idea what tomorrow is gonna hold. I literally just try to, at, at, at every decision, when it's faced when i fit, fa- when i'm faced with a decision um i try to give it as little thought as possible and then just make a decision because there's a a, a paralysis by choice that can yeah. happen and so you know there is this uh uh this scientific study about jam and so they went to the gro- uh, grocery store and they put out three jams strawberry mango raspberry and more people actually purchased jam when there was three choices than when they had 20 so but you would think oh well i i want to give the you know them blueberry and marmalade and all all this but the fact there was too many choices actually dropped these people's ability to make a decision and so i will find myself in that where if i think about something too much uh then then it's just like this feedback loop in your head and you're like then when you finally make that decision Dude, you second guess the shit out of it because you're yeah. like, well, you know, was this a right? So I don't, dude, I try to turn my brain off and just do things. And I, I, so, my favorite analogy in my head that I like to encompass my life is that say you just end up on a body of land and you have no idea where you are, north, south, west, doesn't you have no idea? Yeah. And your goal is to get to the ocean. If you just walk in any direction and just stay consistent on that direction, you will eventually hit the ocean. It might not be the ocean you want. You might have been on the East Coast and then you started walking West. And it could have been like, bro, if you just had walked East, you were like 10 miles from the ocean, but you didn't know. And so you ended up taking this shitty ass route, but let's imagine you, you start in a position and then you never take a step. But you Google and you're like, where are the oceans and how do I get there? And and then you get the route and then you've spent years and years and years and now you know exactly how to get to the ocean, but you haven't taken a fucking single step. And you are just as far away from the ocean as any other idiot who didn't do any research, right? So just start walking and keep that direction, keep your heading as straight as possible. And you're going to have, you're going to veer left and right occasionally as life hits you. But if you just walk in relatively, that one direction you set off on which to me that direction is time independence right so like a lot of people want financial uh independence like they want to have as much money as possible. i don't really care about money i want to have time i yeah. would i would love to work 10 minutes a day right uh, yeah. that that's what i want to do and so how do i accomplish that because i am so very lazy and I I just need to be able to do the least amount of work for the most bang for the buck.
0: See, when you say it- shit like that, it makes me feel even more lazy because like I feel like I'm actively like I'm fucking grinding, I'm fucking hustling and I'm I'm going about my life. But dude, I've tried the YouTube thing. I've tried creating videos, man. And it's it is fucking hard. So like and here's the thing, I could pump out content daily, but it would be shit. Like it would be shit. And dude, I feel like you pump out content quite often and well, it's I, good
1: so, so yeah i could do more um but uh to me i'm this sounds douchey i side myself with it as an artist and not a content creator i don't
0: think that's douchey but i think i think i'm gonna argue and say content creators are artists but we'll have that conversation another day
1: well you could be a content creator and just put out like fake prank i guess
0: i get you, okay, you know okay, I mean? okay. and that's yeah, not yeah, really art
1: and yeah. so to me, I want to make a, I want to make a story. I want to tell a story, um, that regardless of, you know, who I am and regardless, if you watch any other video ever of mine, you will have enjoyed that one experience. Yeah. And so, uh, I, I put a lot of time and effort into that and what's so difficult. And so right now I'm, I'm in this, like probably the longest that I've gone without making a video. Uh, I didn't make anything in January and now it's fucking almost the end of February and I haven't posted a video. um I mean I have so much in the works like I know I'm gonna get back into that grind. but the thing is that I'm sort of like an OG youtuber you because are, I have I don't I don't force myself to make content when I don't feel like it. yeah and so when you force yourself to like okay, I don't want to like compare myself to Van Gogh, but if Van Gogh, was had a manager, he'd be like, bro, you got to crack this out by Sunday. Come on, come on, come on. Starry night. Go, bro. Yeah. Like, well, he's, you know what I mean? Like that now, what is it? Right. It's just the creative process is like a mist, you know, the fog rolls in and you know, you're in the fog, but you can't hold it. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can't grasp it. And so that creative fog rolls in and then I try to go, I try to create. And, uh, when it goes away, I don't, I try not to force it. And yeah. I, I will say though, it, this is the first year where I no longer have a day job. And that is so scary to me. So before so you don't have a day I, job now. Yeah. I thought, yeah, because I, I was going to bring I,
0: that up. I was like, I was like, yeah, let's talk about what you do for work. Cause I don't think people so, know uh, that you so actually I have definitely, a job.
1: Yeah. I mean, let's dive into that. Uh, but yeah. I have always had a day job. I've always had uh, a level of financial security in which yeah. I didn't have to dry hump sponsors. Like I've never have to do some ad <laughs> yeah. read or like I got real, uh, Speaking of that, that's a perfect
0: time for this. Ad. No, I'm just fucking. <laughs> uh,
1: you know, so like I got real spoiled with, with choosing and running the YouTube channel as, as I saw fit without yeah. any sort of financial, um, piece to it. And that becomes like, if you try to go out and be a a, a content, you know, producer an influencer, and that is your hundred percent, your only job, dude, it's so difficult because you have to sell yourself. And then, then whatever you think is cool, you now have to throw a stupid ad on top of it. And I just personally, I hate that. And so I've always been able to like, just turn stuff down and be like, well, I don't really care. I don't care if this video makes money or not because I have a day job. So the, um, my career path has been an absolute roller Uh, you know, from the day I turned 18, I actually got a job selling cars when I was 17. Um, I couldn't start until I turned 18. I dropped out of high school for this job. And I, when people say car salesman, they think of like a shitty little lot. It, this was like a high end, like bougie car dealership, uh, yeah, guaranteed yeah. pay. Like it was really, really nice. Like it wasn't, it wasn't gross. And just day one, I'm making like five grand a month. And, uh, wow. as an 18 year old. And I'm just like, well, shit. This is so easy. <laughs> you yeah. know, life is so easy. And so then, uh, <laughs> uh, I I was doing well. And you didn't and- have to
0: sell anything. Like there wasn't no there wasn't commission. Like usually with car salesmen, especially nowadays, like so there you might go six months without making a check.
1: So the the contract was six months, guaranteed pay of twenty five hundred twice a month. So you would make five. You would take home five grand a month. Well, gross. Yeah. Uh, yeah you could sell dick, but after six months, right. You know, then they would, they fire you. Um, and so, but then you could make commission on top of that, but your commission, you had to commission five grand before you got anything extra. Got gotcha, you, got gotcha, you, got gotcha. Right. So you could uh, one, one month I did nine grand. Uh, wow. so I'm like 18 years old and I just cashed, you know, I just made nine grand. Like, yeah. so I, I sold, I think like 12 cars that month. I was just like on a high one, uh, actually at that dealership was the number one salesman in America. Uh, He's like some 47 year old, just whatever dude. Guy sold 31 cars a month, every month. I'm not even, like every single month, this guy sold a car a day for years. It was unbelievable. Insane, insane. like it was unbelievable. I don't understand, like maybe he was buying cars for the people, it was so crazy. Anyways. Yeah. Cause I'm
0: like wondering like if, if it, that all goes back to the straight path analogy, it's like, he's just been doing it for so long. His return customer rate is like insane. You know, if you do, you're 18 sales, yeah. selling 12 cars, it's like, oh, you know, you know, he knows 15 people now. Right.
1: Dude. Yeah. So, so anyway, so I was doing that. And then, uh, I, I just thought life was so easy that when someone rolled up and was like, Hey, do you want to drive Ferraris? And I was like, fuck yeah, I want to drive Ferraris. And they were like, cool. <laughs> come come and be a part of our team and so then I just like quit on the spot and then went and joined a pyramid scheme but I didn't know what a pyramid scheme was like I just was like I'm trying to drive Ferraris and uh so then I was trying (laughs) I like get to this shitty ass office and they're like okay you got to sell phone service to your grandma and I was like uh no <laughs> you know uh savage so then,
0: see i thought you were right i was i thought you were joining a race team and i'm just like dude this dude has a crazy fucking life and come to find out it's just like herbal life or whatever the fuck. <laughs> it's like hey man yeah, yeah you want to drive ferraris maybe eventually when you have 15 other people under you <laughs> i know totally yeah it was
1: it was shitty and uh so then but this was during the time of um uh the housing market was going crazy and yeah. so then uh, my mom was a mortgage broker. She was making really good money. She helped me get into a house. Um, and so, because at that time it was stated income, yeah. you could just say, I make all the money in the world and they would go, here's a mansion. And so then, um, yeah, so I got a house and then I was, you know, uh, I pulled some money out of that and I was like, well, what am I, what am I going to do with this money? Cause it was like 50 grand and at being 18, that's, all of the money that exists in the world. I'm like, I can buy anything. So uh, I I decided to open a motorcycle shop um, and sell like clothing, parts, accessories, the whole deal. Again, no fucking idea what I'm doing. (laughs) And so I I just make a decision like, okay, how do I get a lease? Like this this is the thing I'm focusing on right now. And I go and I sign a lease. I don't read the contract. I write my name on it. I signed the dumbest lease possible, which ended up putting me out of business a few years later because uh, of some of this fine print that they kept, they could up the rent basically whenever they wanted. And I signed a lease for $2,200 a month. By year three, I was paying $7,500 a month for rent. And so, uh, I. but I didn't know, you know what I mean? And I signed a three-year deal and it was like, but it doesn't matter well, how do I move forward? I could, I could say, well, I don't like this contract and I could never get a lease and I could never open a business. Okay. Where I'm, I'm not anywhere better. So anyways, signed this dumb lease, did this thing. Um, actually ended up, uh, meeting this girl when I was 18, right before I opened the business right after, you know, she graduated high school and, uh, this hot little blonde, and I was not into her at all, but she, lived in the mountains and she needed a place to stay in the city. So then I was like, well, if you work for me, you can kind of stay at my house. And then, so we kind of got together as like boyfriend, girlfriend, but it was like, I wasn't really that into her. I was just using this hot blonde as free labor. Um, she
0: ended up becoming my wife so and like my, you know. i'm just like wondering i'm like dude does his wife listen to any of the content he puts out he's just a savage yeah. just putting this all out there come to find no, out it she, is your wife yeah she, <laughs> she became my wife like we we became
1: best friends working this business together awesome. uh because what happens is is people when they get into a relationship it's it's usually this like chemical dump uh and so it's all this you know honeymoon phase and and Romeo and Juliet, like, oh, you can't. We live together. We work together twenty four seven. So we had to become compatible, and yeah. um, that that ended up being probably the best thing that came out of that business was my ability to learn how to be best friends with my future soulmate. So that's, cool. um, that's awesome. It was yeah, it was really really cool. Uh, anyways, lost that business. Terrible times ahead. Um, and then I became a debt counselor uh because you know, i had nothing to do everyone was in debt yeah then that actually became like were you in debt like a,
0: when you were a debt counselor and you don't have to tell me how
1: yeah i know i had a million dollars i had a million <laughs> oh, dollars shit. in debt oh my
0: god i just lo- i've always wondered that like the guy that's the financial peace officer because like my finances suck i'm a, I'm a professional cyclist um and yeah, like I, I listen to some of these guys' interviews, and I'm just like, "Fuck, man, there's no way this guy made it through." <laughs> but no, well, here's cool. the thing: is that
1: when I'm talking to these people, i I I don't have sympathy; I have empathy. Yeah. So I'm like, I know what you feel like. And when they're yeah. like, "Oh, I've got twenty thousand dollars of debt on a credit card," it's like, "Yeah, well, I owe seven hundred grand on an ex you know extended lease." I Jeez. get you. You know what I mean? Like so. Yeah. Um, uh anyways so then i did the debt counseling thing there was like a little loophole that became you got commission off the debt you closed um and then for like i don't know 4 months i was making an unbelievable amount of money um because so many people were in debt it was so easy now i i help people i went to school for, like i actually did this like online school i got certified i learned everything about debt uh, I had debt calculators. I could tell people really like what was happening with their interest rates and how their purchasing, you know, uh, habits were. Yeah, I genuinely loved talking about finances and working it out with these people and helping them. Um, I actually I helped this guy get out of hundred and ten thousand dollars worth of debt, and he gave me this skateboard. So <laughs> like, he he made he made skateboards, and so then. I helped him and he gave me this wow. skateboard and I I've kept it. I just fucking love it. So anyways. Um, okay. So then I am bawling bro bawling. I'm like, again, life is so goddamn easy. And so then I have, uh, but when I lost my business, I didn't trust the banks because they took all my money. And so yeah. then, um, I just had a safe full of cash, just stacks of cash. And so then, <laughs> uh, I, I, um, I was a little bit like into the 2012 conspiracy theory. Yeah. Uh the Mayan calendar, okay? Like and yeah. so uh I'm with I'm with my wife at dinner. Everybody's to you. Yeah, well, I'm I'm with her at uh, dinner and I go, "You know, what if the world ends in 2012, wouldn't it be cool for us to know what being a parent is like?" Uh and so then that sort of got the conversation going about having a kid and it's like, "Well, and we've got hell of money." And there's no end in sight. So yeah. um, I, I look up how to have a boy. There's three different ways you can, like, scientifically, like how the sperm, uh, male sperm swim fast. Are you fast, fucking die with young.
0: me right now? No, no. no okay. Way. <laughs> so there's,
1: there's, there's three determinations on, on if you're going to have a boy or a girl. So there's boy sperm, there's a female sperm, boy sperm, uh, swim fast, die young female sperm swim slow live longer uh then there. so based on that uh this is getting wild Uh, yeah like this is insane so then there's there's (laughs) penetration uh level and then uh acidic level of the vagina so then the more acidic the vagina is then that will kill off uh the first ones that hit so then you're left with a lot more female sperm and then if you don't penetrate hard enough um because the closer you can get your boys to the egg the more likely it's going to be to to be a boy
0: now don't you have like three boys
1: i I have a boy and a girl okay so before anyone's like this sexist piece of shit look i did not want a girl and i know that i've gotten trashed over this on by meme accounts they can suck it here's the thing i didn't want a girl i had parties in high school where the most religious, well-brought up girls were naked stripping on my pool table. Okay, Okay. so I don't wanna deal with that shit. And so then I also don't know what it's like to be a girl. So I'm already afraid of being a parent. Uh, I have no stability in my family. My mom was married like five times. My grandma was married like nine times. Like it's, there is, I don't see a white picket fence family. So I'm like afraid. I'm afraid to be a father. Uh, My wife is completely opposite. Everything has worked out for her. Her family's great. Cool. So I, how can I make sure that I'm the best father possible? Well, a boy seems like I know how to raise a boy.
0: Like you're like, I can't fuck this up. Like there's no way I can fuck this up.
1: Right. So we go, we try one shot, kill, bam, get my boy. Like okay. just one try. <laughs> it was awesome. And uh, so as soon as she gets the pregnancy test, uh, I lose my ability to make income. So then I'm like, well, fuck. So then uh, I take what money I have. Um, I uh, My mom, who's like, when she lost everything, she dipped out of California. I, I maybe see my mom once a year sometimes not right but i talk with her all the time like my mom and i have a really good relationship and and so i can trust her she's like really business savvy so then i went to her and i was like hey you know i have some cash uh let's start a business together and so then um we started this this uh online gambling site um and it did really well, and then we started an online gambling forum, and so then I was selling ads to competitors uh, in that space, and it was like a facebook for uh for this online gambling anyways, it was a success. it was good
0: that's insane and then um so how then- did you come up with that idea though? Were you just like do is that the 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 do in you? It's like, uh yeah, let's start a business uh gamble. Yes, mom. form, ads. Boom. Done.
1: Uh, it' more just like you're tumbling down. You're like tumbling down a mountain, and by the time you get done, you have like thorns in you, and you pick out the thorn, and like That's you didn't it. mean to get this thorn stuck in you. It just happened, and so That's it's kind of like that. Just sort of like yeah. random things uh, that happen to go. Well, you know, what are we going to do as a business? And then you kick out some ideas, and then someone pitches one idea, and that leads into another door, and it was just the most viable way to make money with the little amount of investment we had. Right. Um, So because I've been around companies that have gotten millions of dollars in investment and they're gone in a year. Yeah. And so I'm, and I'm not taking investment. It's my own personal money. And so, uh, and I have a kid on the way. So like, I have to make this work. It seemed like the best possible way. Uh, We made some good money. And then the government came through and this was like when uh, football gambling and stuff like football Uh, pots were sort of in this gray area. And so what they did is they said, they kind of made this, it wasn't a law that passed, but it was like they said something, they made some sort of statement and all credit card processors stopped processing for online gambling. So we could still do business, but you would have to physically mail me a check. No one's (laughs) going to do that. right and so uh overnight we could no longer process credit cards so that business was no longer viable yeah um so basically overnight we're out gone and then i did like uh then i got in with some investment stuff and um i really hated it i hated the meetings with investors and it was just like really gross um it was like uh play games like we like slot machines and and um jumping games like what it was just like a like a community where you would play games and win prizes and build your avatar so I, like i had to learn how to like code video games in like a week um so wild dude it's so wild like I, it was such a huge part of my life in the moment but i never think about it ever yeah. right and so it's so weird it feels like that's not even me
0: but yeah. i know it happened. Well, it's because at this point dude, we've talked about, you know, motorcycles, Ferraris, pyramid schemes, penetration, um, and then online gambling. Yeah. Acidic (laughs) vaginas, online gambling with your mom. And we haven't even gotten to the bike. Like, like how do you, how do you find two fucking wheels in this whole process? We'll get there. So uh,
1: (laughs) yeah. So then um, it was just kind of all over the place. And then, so we had, done a few businesses and what seemed to be the guys that making the money is the ones building the websites we would pay some guy to build a website and he didn't have to run it he didn't have to manage it it seemed like oh he dude he made all the money grass is always greener on the other side so we're like okay well let's let's build websites so then uh i learned how to do css code and photoshop um basically in a weekend and um and this is not like i am a savant I don't, if you could learn it from zero to 10, I learn a one. I learned just enough to fuck up, fuck around. Right. And so, uh, it's not, you could open the
0: application, throw some photos in and get some shit done. But if like anything big and complicated came by, it'd have been like, we need to talk to someone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so then I started building websites. I
1: started going out and, and knocking on doors and it was just, it was terrible, dude. It was it was so not good. And so then parallel to this existence, um, my son, you know, is born and and he's awesome and I love him to death. And like I, I didn't know what it was gonna be like to be a father. Um, but I am naturally a gifted to be a father. I'm like, yeah. for whatever reason, naturally, I want to be a family man. Uh, that is just like a genetic thing. Um, I, I enjoy every aspect of the family. So, and I wasn't expecting that I was expecting to be a selfish piece of shit and not like understand, be a terrible dad. Like my dad sucks. And so then I'm like, well, I'm, maybe I'll be like him. And so then, uh, but I wasn't, and I it. Yeah. I loved everything about it. And so then, uh, I started wanting to build a brand for my son because the kids started riding motos at two. Uh, and it was like, what the hell, dude? And like he was so good and so talented. And so then I started like making little videos and I created an Instagram for him. And um, I, I was thinking, well, you know, I can set him up to never have to work a day in his life. Like, what if when he's 18, I hand him a social media account with a million followers and sponsors, and you know what I mean? Like, I'll dial yeah. him in. So then it was kind of fun to learn. Uh, content creation through my son. And, yeah. um, and then that bonded us together, like we were always hanging out together it was, it was a lot of fun. And so then, uh, as as the web development thing started to kind of take off a little bit. Um, I, and I've, t- I've said this story a bunch. And again, to people, I, I'm totally open with my life. And I, I I tell the the bad and the good and the whole bit, like, because everyone has things that they deal with in their life, but they, they hide them. And so I had just done this video in December where I was talking about how it was hard for me to bond with my son. Uh, and Motos was, was that thing. Anyways, uh, I'm pushing my son probably too hard on content. Um, he's doing things that are insane. And I know like he could be something special, And so one time we went out to a track and I pushed him way too hard and he started crying. And it was like, like I was like angry that he wasn't riding and he wanted to play on a playground and he's four. And I'm just like in the car driving home. And it was sort of this uh, moment where I kind of like had to regroup on myself. And I was like, okay, this isn't the point. This isn't what I'm supposed to be doing this. I have taken it too far. I've lost sight of this. And so then personally, I was like, I'm not going to ask him to ride he has to ask me and he did not ask me to ride for like four years. Wow. And so while I was just like hands off on him, letting him sort of figure out, you know, what he wanted to do. And I still had this like, uh, void to make content. Like I, I needed to do something because the web, the web, the web business was you pitch, you make a site, you work like maybe six weeks, really hard. And then you have like two, three weeks where you're trying to now find new clients, but you have all this downtime. Yeah. So then I started working on my own personal brand. And of course, I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know anything about anything. Like, how did you watch this time? Uh, 2014, I think. Yeah, okay. Something around there, 2014, 15. Yeah. Um, So, you know, in Ozarks, that little girl i don't know if you ever watch those arcs but the oh, yeah. uh the, the chick that he helps she says in one of them i don't know but i don't know fuck about shit and it's like yeah yes that is me dude that's that is totally me <laughs> so then i just i just create a profile uh and i had i was doing jiu-jitsu okay so for the bike thing i know this is kind of all over the place for the bike Uh, I had always ridden bikes with my grandma, uh, rode motos with my grandma, like all my childhood memories, uh, that involved happiness involved two wheels, That's bicycles, BMX, moto, whatever. It was always happy times with my grandma around bikes. So, uh, I had been doing jujitsu. Uh, I got really good at that. I was competing at worlds. And so then I tried to, uh, to, to lose some weight for that. So I got this bike and I was riding around, I really fell in love with, with pedaling on the road. Um, and so then I kind of just fell head over heels into cycling, uh, because moto is where my heart is. Like moto is, I love it. I haven't missed a supercross race since 2004. Like I'm a huge fan of moto, but when I have no money, I can't ride. And yeah. with a, with a pedal bike, you don't need like, okay, jujitsu. I have to have another person. I have to go to a place. Uh, football, you have to have many people, right? Uh, moto, you have to fill up, you have to go to a place. There's all these like barriers. Yeah, cycling, you can just ride out your door and have a, an amazing adventure. You can yeah. go in the morning and the afternoon and the evening, it doesn't matter. Uh, you can go fast, you can go slow. It's so fucking cool. And yeah. so then I really fell in love with this. So I started watching a bunch of YouTube stuff, like how to shift know what i mean like what's the most efficient way to shift up and down like i'm just trying to consume anything about the sport um found Duran rider like everyone at that time did and uh you you started eating bananas i did i did i did a couple (laughs) days where i ate like 30 bananas um you know and just he made it look like you could be that it was a performance enhancement to be vegan yeah um, and so there was uh, sort of a light switch for me. I mean, I, I, there, I could talk for an hour about my health transition, uh, from fast food three times a day to being vegan. But, um, I'll just say like, I, I wanted to, I wanted to ride better. And yeah. so then I went down that path. And, and so then when I started to make my channel, um, Duran Rider was a big part of my life. Vegan was a big part of my life and cycling was a big part of my life. And so at the time, I was like, "Well, uh, everyone's searching for Duran Rider, and this guy's making good money. Like he's he's crushing it on YouTube. But no one ha- no one knows how to spell Duran Rider. Like what the fuck is a Duran? And yeah. so then, uh, which it's a fruit that tastes like shit, by the way. And so <laughs> then, uh, it it I go into Google and I look at Google Trends. You can see like what people are searching for. And so when I typed in cycling. The vegan cyclist was a top uh, search term because they were looking for him and they didn't know how to say his name. So I was like, well, is the vegan cyclist taken? Nope. It's available. Okay. Boom. I'm going to get me some SEO advantage. But at this time, like, I think this is going to be a hundred subscribers would be like the ceiling. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way this is going to go anywhere. I don't know what I'm doing. So then I made many terrible, terrible videos, (laughs) terrible videos. Yeah. Uh, But I learned how to make content while I had a job. So I didn't have, I didn't care. It got 30 views, who cares? I. I, This isn't my job, right? And so um, that just over time started to escalate and more of my time started getting devoted to the YouTube channel. you know, I remember the first time I got recognized at a race and it was just like blew my mind. Right. Uh, and then there was all these things that were like this snowball just started really rolling. Now, one year, 100 subscribers, two years, thousand subscribers, three years, 10,000 subscribers, literally like an exponential curve, almost to wow. Um, And so then. uh. I really then tried to, had to balance the day job, which became, you know, a competing thing because now I'm having to train more. I'm I'm having to spend more time on content. Now I'm having to travel for content. Like in the first, like two years, three years, I just did it in my living room or my backyard. Like there was no, you know, but now like I have to go make new content, other content, something different. So I got to travel and It just became crazy.
0: You have have brands backing it and all kinds of stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so, but it's always been good because I had that day job security. And uh, one of the things we did for the web development was when we started doing off-road sites, like e-commerce for Jeeps and trucks and stuff, the data that gets fed into the site is extremely complicated and a nightmare. And so we built an in-house software program or platform that we could clean data from brands, put it into this, and then export it into websites. So we could clean, say, VP Racing Fuels data once, and now we can use their data to populate other brands or or populate parts on other uh, companies' sites. And so then um, that was just an internal in-house thing. And then we actually started opening it up to brands paying, because then they were like, well, we want to be a part of this. Like we want to get on other websites. And then that data distribution service quickly became something that had a lot of teeth and uh, and had and the business model was really good because you would do X work, uh, but you would get paid every month, yeah because the manufacturer's paid monthly it was a subscription. It'd free for dealers. So then you would do the same work every month, but you would make more money every month. And so then wow. the websites actually became less of, of a priority, and this data thing became really significant. And so then we realized that at a certain point we were gonna we were gonna sell this thing and 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 what what value we were gonna sell it at. And there was a competing company. That we actually, I would say, we did better than, and they ended up selling for like 140 million dollars, yeah. And so then in my mind, I'm like, well, if they sold for 140 million, like that's what I. So always in the back of my mind, I thought when we sell this, game over. Um, and we could maybe like, and there's NDAs and stuff like that, but like right now, I don't have a day job, so I'll just say that. But I haven't been. I haven't been paid <laughs> like the so there is there's it. this weird transition where yeah. i no longer work uh and that just happened this year so like J- january 1 2022 um i no longer have day job responsibilities uh but i have all the same costs and there has not been a transfer okay. of of funds Uh, from past day job. Okay. So, like, and that won't happen for a while. Uh, it's, it's gonna happen. But now I'm like, well, what the fuck do I do? And, and I always like held on to that day job is like, oh, I'm a normal guy. You know, I'm not a pro cyclist. Yeah. And so I always had an excuse. But now I wake up and I drink way too much coffee and, and I, if I'm not riding, what, what else am I doing? And so you pretty
0: much, you're pretty much just talking to brands. Yeah. Is that what you're doing now? Yeah. Like- yeah.
1: Yeah. So in the last like month and a <clears throat> half, I have been trying to set up the year. I'm yeah. um, trying to set up my 2022 year and future years um, because I'm so terrified, right? right? I'm so terrified that the level of expenditure, and and I don't want to dive too much into the business, but like, I don't make dick off YouTube, right? The YouTube ad revenue. Um that that I mean. Is that because fluct- you
0: is that because you cuss or is it, you know, copyright? No, I, just, or- I just don't post enough. It, oh, it, you okay. need
1: you need to post almost daily um for you to make any real significant money. Okay. And so uh with the with the costs that I have to put out. So like when I go to Unbound, that that is a very expensive trip. You yeah. know, uh, th- we just did Valley of the Sun stage race. Yeah. Th- if, if you tally all the costs, I mean, we are thousands of dollars pers- just personally into that trip. And yeah. so I'm gonna make a video about it and, and I might make 200 bucks ad revenue, right? I mean, it's just not like it's- Like there's net?
0: Just, Net ad revenue, or are you just not getting enough views to make more money than that? Yeah, I
1: guess it's not enough views. Um, I don't know. I mean, my ad revenue every month, right now, it's kind of neat because I have so many videos getting ad revenue that, like, I don't have to post anything and it, like, I'll get like a $2,000 check, $3,000 check. Like, that's usually where it hovers. Uh, If I really hustle. So in December, uh, because I made so many videos, I did like close to 10 grand. Yeah, wow. Now I know that that sounds like amazing, but there is so much money that goes behind creating the content. Uh, and, and so like you're denying all the brands. Well, yeah, I'm not like, <laughs> when's the last yeah. time you saw me do an ad read? Like I don't. That's a good point. And yeah. so I have to have brands that just pay me to just do my thing. And that's very hard to come by. That's very hard to get, to get that. And so like with the impossible route uh, at a certain point, I was $45,000 in the hole. I spent personally 45 grand to, to, to make that content. And so like, I, no one ever talks about that kind of stuff, you know, Um, no one ever talks about what the sponsors really pay or whatever, but it's as, at least for me, dude, it's not it's not like you're just balling out and having a great time now yeah. guys like Peter Stetna, I don't want to talk shit, but I've just, as a different, as a contrast, this yeah. guy makes three times, four times a year that I do. Yeah. How many YouTube videos is he editing dude, he just goes out and he has a good time. He just rides his bike. Like he's not a content creator. And so like, he can focus on the race. He can focus on what he's doing. And he's built a brand that isn't dependent on like laborious content creation.
0: Uh, in I it just is, raced with. It is laborious in another way.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, he's yeah. putting in training, like he's traveling, like he's there's a lot that he's doing. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, in the race that I just did with him, I'm trying to change batteries out of my GoPro while I'm flying down this bumpy road. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and and he's just focusing on the race. And I think like. Sometimes I feel so, so much pressure to create content. And then I look at him and I'm like, well, I don't think he has that kind of pressure. He has, he has pressure to do well. And like, I don't have to win a race, right? If he goes to a race and he gets sixth,
0: that's maybe. There's a question mark, dude. Like, here's the thing. Like, I'm going to be honest. Like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in between you both. I would like to think, I think you're like the pinnacle of cycling content in some regard. And then I like to think that Pete Stena is the gravel bike racer guru in some regard, right? Like you got Colin Strickland, you got Dylan Johnson, you know, I can go down the list right on either side. And even Dylan Johnson, like Dylan Johnson is probably the best of the in between the both. Right. Um, but he's probably the
1: strongest Dylan's probably the strongest content creator uh, you know, on the platform. Like exactly. That, yeah. Like,
0: you, cause like something's got to give eventually. And I was starting to notice that. Like, I was doing content and I was going to these like Olympic level events and I was like, fuck, something's got to give. Like, I can't film right now. Like, I got to focus on X, Y, and Z and I got to do this, this, and that. And then I've actually been at races where I've been like, man, that guy is here, fully check covered, bike, whatever else. And all he has to do is post a TikTok or post this and post that. And then, boom, it's okay, it's boom, it's done. And then you look at Pete Stetner the same way. It's like, you know, this guy just retires from World Tour and and still gets taken care of, like no questions asked. But I do think there's hard work on both ends of the spectrum.
1: No, totally, 100%. And like like I said, he has pressure that if he even gets second, you know, there's questions. So like he has to be winning, like he has to be doing well. And that takes a ton of, of personal investment. But, and like I said earlier, the grass is always greener on the other side. But now that like, I think like I'm riding the best I've ever been riding, uh, because I have cut out some day job stress, like that, that is allowing me to be more productive on the bike because my head isn't so cluttered. Um, and even though, you know, like I haven't posted in a while uh, on YouTube. And that, that is, that is concerning to me. Cause that is, that is my main thing. Like what, where am I? Why am I not? But the thing is like, I, I feel really good on the bike and I, and I sort of then look at like guys that don't have to create this content and think like, I wonder what I would be if that's all I had to focus on, but either way, I'm just saying like, yeah, um, you know, it's, it's scary to not have that, that, uh, that, that safety net of a day job. Um, I will also say though, that like Stetna, how scary is it that your physical performance is everything like yeah. that is, that is the mound you're standing on. And, yeah. uh, when I got hurt by, you know, I jumped, I don't know if you know, but I jumped, uh, no, five I through some flames. And then I did 10 backflips and then I, in, I ended up breaking in my a, leg
0: in a parking lot. Right.
1: I jumped over the parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah uh, jumped over the parking lot, yeah, yeah. which we'll put so a link I,
0: in the description below. If you guys ever want to see the video of him yes, jumping, it's crazy. <laughs> it's it's so, crazy. It's insane.
1: <laughs> so when I, when I hurt myself, I was like, well, I can't ride, uh, and, but I have so much content that I can create. Yeah. Right. And so, so like, I felt sort of this, this like safety net of i don't have to ride to create content and i could honestly just become a filmmaker and and not ride at all um there's this uh this brand dirt shark in the moto industry and they just go around and they film cool events and like they make badass edits they don't they're never they're on the other camp like they're just filming other people and i was like well i could do that i have that skill set and so but you then know, you're no
0: longer the talent though and then it's not no, your brand,
1: right? Sure, sure, but I'm just yeah. saying like I I don't have to rely uh, solely on my results and my performance. I've had to because I that wasn't ever a strength of mine. I had to figure out a way to offer up something else. And yeah. and that's that storytelling, right? So I had to learn how to storytell. I had to uh, learn how to, to, to convey emotion through video. Well, that's the thing Uh, I'm
0: about to say what probably every sponsor has said to you, you're relatable. Like, dude, I'm not like even myself, like Pan American champion, like eight time national champion, like on the track, like I have tons of tons of success, but, and I, but I also used to weigh 300 pounds, but there's not many people that can say that. And the same with Pete Stetna, you know, Pete Stetna is like. You know the the stuff that he's done on a bicycle. Not many people have done. You, you, you kind of almost humanize the content. It's actually kind of difficult for guys like us who, you know, we're like, hey, this is what we want to do. And it's like, well, unless you're like a crazy man that's blowing everything out of the water, you're but even not relatable,
1: then, right? But so even then, so Lachlan Morton, I really like this guy.
0: Uh, yeah, he's
1: a, his, he's awesome. His, his um thereabouts impossible
0: route needs to happen if it's not already in the works
1: (laughs) well they 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 see it as a competition to thereabouts so they Uh, i actually was i was actually on their podcast and they never aired it because uh i talked about the impossible route and so that's kind of a bummer
0: that's kind of lame
1: yeah but anyways doesn't matter they changed how i looked at bikes so when they did thereabouts one and they rode across australia in t-shirts but like having fun and racing, but it was like chill. It was, I was like, dude, I'm so into this. This looks yeah fun. You're not in a speed suit. You know, you're not in high viz. You're, you're, you're stopping for beer. You're going off road. You're drafted. Like it was just such it was, the vibe on thereabouts one changed everything about cycling. And I it's wanted the
0: thereabouts today.
1: to hundred percent. So then yeah. I will say though, that, uh, Gus just, or, or Lachlan just did, uh, some big mountain bike thing it was like an F take FTK and he did it in seven whatever. It doesn't matter. Comes across the finish line and he goes, cool. And it's like, that's the pinnacle dude. You just did this thing that no one else has ever done ever. And the finish is just cool right there was no emotion i felt no connection because he's so good uh that he doesn't convey any of that right and so like he could have done it in one hour he could have rode to the moon and back and and what are you how are you going to convey how difficult that was and so so with me you know one of the things that like the biggest criticism on the impossible route stuff is like this guy fucking complains too much. He's, you know, just enjoy it, dude. You, you know, you got a free trip to ride your bike all day. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, okay, but what is the video going to do? Like I can go out and get some cool drone shots and say, it was fun. It was Sandy. I had a good time. Does that convey any emotion? Like, how do you feel when you're out riding? And that's, that's that's a shared experience. That's a shared experience between Lachlan, Stetna, anyone. You, our grandmas, if you ride, your legs will hurt, your lungs will burn, you will wish you were home. Yes. No matter where you, you, especially are, if
0: you ride long enough, like that's yeah. I think that's the thing.
1: But it, but it's it's relative to anyone, right? So if yeah. you could have someone who's just started riding and and they're one mile in and they're like you know, suffering, or you have someone who's 200 miles, and they're suffering, same level of suffering. And so then that that is how we connect with each other on that shared experience. And so then that's my goal is to try to explain to you what's going through my head. Uh, Because we all have these thoughts, we always have these dark thoughts. Like, when I was doing my off the couch Ironman, and I'm, I'm running this stupid marathon, (laughs) <laughs> Cars were buzzing by me, and literally in my head. And I'm like, I'm not suicidal, but in my head, I was just thinking, I kind of hope a car just hits me, Doesn't because sense. then I have I have an excuse now to stop yeah. running. <laughs> you know, yeah. like if this car just plows me and I go flipping through the air, like, dude, I'm so down to lay in. Hopefully, I don't right die,
0: now. but I'll just at least I'll be laying down.
1: Yeah, I don't want to die, yeah. but like then then there's a reason to stop running,
0: yeah. and.
1: So you know, you can say whatever you want about me. I don't quit. When I set something, when I set my mind to something, um, and I've decided to do something, I know I will finish it. And so I did that with Mauna Kea in Hawaii, Death Valley, Virginia, Montana, Colorado, uh, race across the west. I did 930-mile race, like um, you just everything I've ever done, there's moments where my brain is just in this feedback loop of telling me to please stop. And I know how to quiet my mind down enough to get through it. Um, and that, that gives me the ability to do above average things as an average person, right? Like I don't have like any crazy physical performance, but, um, right now my my mental strength is uh is actually becoming like a huge asset to me and yeah because there um, was
0: one of them there was one of those impossible routes where it pretty much starts with you almost not starting
1: montana dude so fucking lame i was going into (laughs) that like i was going into that so fit and so excited and i don't know if i i think i burnt out i'm not really sure what happened because uh whoop can really show you a lot about how you're dealing with illness. Yeah. And I, I've had COVID. I've looked at my my whoop data for COVID, is like it's just uh, there's no doubt about it. Um and when we got to Montana, I just felt weird. Not in in, in such a it, it's it's like impossible to explain, but like um I'm just in this dark mist. And my personality and soul is like this little pin light hole. And I'm trying to get back to it Mm -hmm. so deep. Okay. So maybe it's depression, maybe it's burnout. I don't know what it was, but I had no energy. Like I literally could not get out of bed and that's not like me. And so I slept for two days. Once we got to Montana, I could not get out of bed. I couldn't do anything. And then it's like, well, what do I do? dude? I can't not start this. And then I'm thinking as an editor, how do I make this video? How do I put this video on my channel? We're already vegan excuses is a big fucking thing for me. and and everyone's like <laughs> kind of almost rooting for me to fail in a way, or at least that's how my my mind is. And yeah. so, you know, I'm like, I can't not be in this video. And so,, uh, dude, we are driving to the start and I am just in my mind trying to flip that switch. And it's so hard, dude. It's so hard. I'm like, it's five days. What's five days, five days of your entire life. Suck it up. Just get it done in and a very beautiful area, by the way, Montana's amazing. unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't care. I yep, hated it. Yeah, I hated it. Sure. So, <laughs> so like, uh, I, I get there, we land and it's like, okay, just make it through day one. And again, it wasn't the flu, but I had no energy. Like I just, yeah. I could not even think. And, uh, somehow I ended up doing like 140 miles with Jeremiah and Eddie Anderson, like on my deathbed. And Legit then every dudes, day, by the
0: way, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you probably know who Eddie Anderson is, but Jeremiah Bishop, I think is a he, he's an older fella, but he's a closet freak still today to this day. Oh, no, dude. He's he's, he's a mad human. dog. Yeah. yeah, he's a mad dog. Amazing bike skills. Yeah. Anyways, uh, every
1: day I got a little better. Um, and actually on day five, like the last day I was riding the best I, I had all, all trip. But, um, you know, it was just, it was really difficult. It's really difficult to like shut my mind off and try to just, because I knew for whatever reason, it was more of a mental illness than a physical illness like my my physical form could do that and that's what's so crazy is the connection between your brain and your body is so underrated and you know that's why like some of the old school tour de france guys died at the hilltop because they were on so many drugs that their brain was like i'm just gonna peg my heart at 210 beats per minute for an hour you know what I mean? Then yeah. your heart explodes. Like you can do that. Like your body is capable of so much more than you think is possible. But your mind will step in at different levels, right? And say, hey, man, like we should probably stop. And that's good. Okay. But there are certain levels you can ignore. And I would say if you want to experience that right away, hold your breath, right? In yeah. 30 seconds you're going to start getting alarms going off that you're going to die. You're not gonna. You can, I think pretty much anyone at any point can hold their breath up to about five minutes before you pass out. Okay. But at 30 seconds, you think you're going to die at a minute, your body's going to start spasming. Right. at two minutes, you know, like there's just no, you almost do not have the mental strength to overcome those signals. And so then guys who hold their breath, they learn how to go through those stages and okay, here's this wave. I understand what this feels like. I understand my body's telling me something, but I know what's over the top of this. So I'm just going to ride over this wave and now I'm good. And like, that just takes a lot of suffering, unfortunately, and a lot of pushing past your limits. But like these impossible routes have really shown me, dude, it, it doesn't matter if your mind is in the right place, you can accomplish anything. And I know that's so motivational poster in a dentist office bullshit, but I'm telling you that has been my experience so far is that I'm just an average guy and going out and doing these above average things. It didn't, I didn't train harder than anyone. Uh, I'm not naturally gifted in it than anyone. Um, I invested in myself on a lot of these. I took tons of risk. And, but what got me through it is just being able to overcome the mental demons and anyone, anyone
0: can do that. Yeah. Right. No, no, that's like, and see, this is, it's, it's kind of crazy how this has kind of all come full circle. Like I asked, and I remember telling you at the beginning of this podcast, I was like, look, I don't ask questions. We're just going to sit here and we're going to chat and it's going to be awesome. Um, but I asked you one question I said, who is Tyler Pierce? And, it, and we went on it, this it, tangent, in, and that's <laughs> and that's how we got to it, and that's how we got to it, and I I think that's amazing, man. And and so kind of diving, you know, more more on the outside of of of, of who Tyler Pierce is, but Tyler Pierce has created you know ride bikes bro, which to me was really cool because I brought I brought Travis on the podcast because um, I just like what he was doing with the content. I liked um, how he was going about things, and then. I also looked at the roster and and I was like, fuck, these are some cool dudes. Like you you guys have put together a really cool roster. But it's funny because we ended up jumping on this podcast because somebody else saw the roster and I can't find the original video. I've tried to ask the guy, he said he's deleted it. But there's a video that's circulating the, the Instagram space which I'll also put a link down in the description below. But supposedly Chris Schroeder over at Diamond bikes racing or whatever the fuck um has has done a video where he's reviewing your roster and calls a guy not a winner and supposedly it's taken out of context that's what he said but have you seen this full video or do you know anything about this or what's this deal uh
1: this is going to sound douchey but i i don't really worry about what
0: other people are doing
1: um i don't so think I, that, I don't think I that
0: th- sounds douchey i think that's actually I, the best way I, to I, answer that
1: i haven't watched it um i don't plan on watching it it's not it's just n- not gonna do anything for me. Um, yeah, and and I and like uh, the little bit that I saw when Evan did that match. That's what I'm talking just, about. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was that was super cool. I thought but it was like, fucking awesome. I have no no beef with that guy whatsoever. Like him yeah. going through our team's roster, I feel like is a, is amazing. Like that's yeah, really kind of cool. cool. <laughs> I'm I'm stoked that he even that that's even a thing he wanted to do. Um, but so team wise, uh, uh, in 2019. Um, I had a spirulina company that was, uh, that was sponsoring me and they had a lot of money and I was like, I want some of your money. And so I pitched them (laughs) to, uh, to do a team because like at the time I didn't really have any other way to collect money from them. Um, and so well, I pitched them this team and they said, we want to be the only sponsor. We want the best team in America. What's that going to cost? And I was like, like 200 grand. And they were like, okay, cool. We're in for 20. And I was like, well, fuck, dude. <laughs> that's not that's <laughs> a lot lower than you. know, yeah. So uh I was like, okay, well, I can't do that. You know what I mean? But so then we worked it out and they were gonna come on for 20 grand. And yeah. so then uh I got a which f- is massive hand- for yeah, for mm-hmm. a first team, like you know, whatever that's that seems cool. Uh I, I got a handful of other sponsors. Went out, um, got a solid roster, and they paid four grand, and that was it. And so then – Oh, they uh, bailed. Yeah. So Shit. they went out of business. They went out of business, like, I don't know, March. <laughs> and, okay. and, and our team, you know, so we have this new team that, like – Anyways, um, and so it really – and I did a whole series on this. There was, I think, four episodes of The Making of a Team – uh, and I go through our budget and, and the whole thing. Um, and everyone on the team got like mad at me because uh, I don't know why. They, no one came out of pocket. I was the only one that lost my ass. Uh, yeah,
0: but they were it's like- usually how that works, yeah.
1: They, I was saying some things about the team chemistry on the videos, I was being open and honest. And people are like, dude, you're throwing your team under the bus. And it's like, <laughs> no one cares about money and just, just race your bikes. And it's like, but dude, I care about this.
0: Yeah. I want to
1: see, you know, Legion is awesome. I don't really care about them winning. Tell me the business model, dude. How are you getting Ian Garrison on your team? That's what I'm interested in. Right. How are you, where's your payroll coming from? What the fuck are you doing business wise to make this work? That's what I'm interested in. So I was thinking, well, I think more people would be interested in the behind the scenes of how a team works. So, uh, so anyways, 2019, uh, team totally implodes even though we won best all around rider we were we won best all around team for norcal in the P1s uh we won the Cal Cup um that's pretty impressive multi- Dude, we won yeah P12 wow. our team won everything so mm-hmm. like great okay uh th- but then it dissolved right no one yeah. stayed on the team everyone went elsewhere um, i didn't know where i was going to get money from and so then i said okay well uh, I need to control the title sponsor. Like that's a lesson learned. SP2 being the title sponsor, even if it's like Adidas or Nike, um, if they pull out your whole team brand collapses. And so like Legion, Legion isn't a sponsor. That's their team name. So yeah. I, <laughs> I was like, well, that's kind of what I want to do. So I was like, You know, ride bikes is a clothing company that that I have and I know I, I can control that. And even if, even if I stop selling clothing, ride bikes is a cool name. So that's where we're going to go. And so then uh, we do that. I I, I'm like the title sponsor, I get a handful of other sponsors, I start working a new roster, Uh, we go out, we win like the first four races we do, uh, and then COVID hit. And I you know i didn't know what to do right so like how do you make content like i had a, i struggled through covid at on a personal level like i don't want to like i know a lot of people did but i'm just saying like how to navigate the content creation space yeah, yeah. I, and and i don't i'm not a pr type guy like politically correct like dude in high school like me and my boys like we would have been canceled every 10 minutes uh if it was today <laughs> you know yeah, so like yeah it's just is what it is like i didn't i don't understand this new world where words change their meaning based on who you're talking to uh,
0: i learned that in communication are... class dude it's it's not about what you say it's about how the person perceives it communication first day i walked in bro Ms. that's Groves. That, that's a
1: great uh, <laughs> that's yeah. a great way to put it because yeah, yeah people can perceive something completely out of you know anyways so then that was kind of shitty. And so then uh come 2021. Uh we so again, I gave a lot of support to some guys. Uh this guy Miles Hubbard, who was like our rock star, he ended up going to Mike Spikes. Um, I picked up a couple other guys, Kenny and Eric. Um, we did team camp. We started, you know, building again. Um it had an okay year for 2021, like nothing too crazy. Um, but then, you know, a lot of those guys left, you know, to go other places, do their other things. And so then Travis, you know, I had brought him on in 2021 to help me with a few things. And look, I'm not a fan of this, of the sport of cycling. Yeah. Uh, I don't know anything about the racing. I don't really watch it. I don't follow it. <laughs> I'm a moto guy. I love riding bikes. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, I'm not saying I don't like cycling. I'm just not a fan of the sport of cycling. Um mm-hmm. but Travis is. And so he was like like all these guys are available, this guy this guy like he's you know he knows all of their pedigrees.
0: I'm like I don't even know their names. Like I don't know who these people are. Yeah, yeah. Um well it's, so he, it's he, like you either know like Ian Garrison, Justin Williams or like guys that are going to cost money, like a lot of money and you don't know the guys that are right here that could be right here but just Nobody's given them the opportunity to get right here, you know. Totally. I mean? And so then he was
1: like, Hey, what do you what do you think about making like a serious team, like a domestic elite team? And uh I was like, Well, sure, I guess if you want to like get the roster together, um, but I don't even know how to go to ask these guys. I don't even know what do I offer them? How do I like it? Just didn't make any sense to me. And so uh my job was to secure the funding and that's what we did. I, I got, I got some, uh, solid sponsors. We got a solid cash, uh, infusion to the team. Nothing like some of these bigger teams, like at VOS, I, there's some numbers floating around for teams that we did better than that are like 400 grand a year, you know, like, whoa, you know what I mean? Like what say what?
0: Who's 400 K a year, yeah, like big, like big budgets, man. Uh, and that's, I would not say I could see well Legion I could see being upward in the millions. Uh for sure. For sure, like easy. And then like Project Echelon, I could see half a million. Project Echelon, right? Yeah. Half a million. But there's not another team. Like there's not another team that I would guess over a hundred K.
1: There is. So uh it it you know <laughs> like so we we'll get we that. get a budget. We get a budget. It's not yeah. over hundred K. Um, okay. and, and, and Travis goes and he starts getting these guys that are like in between, like they're, they're ready to move to a different team, but it's a, it's a, the party has to get started. Who wants to walk into the party and be the first one. So like, yeah. we, like Travis did a great job of, of collecting this talent and putting it together um, and then, you know, he also, uh, did some work with sponsor, uh, product. So like got the guys like some wheels and some shoes and, uh, helmets and sunglasses. Like he did a good job, you know, putting together this, this package for these guys that they were, um, happy with. Yeah. And yeah. so, I mean, like, I, and I'll say this, like Valley of the Sun didn't go ideal, Um, but it doesn't matter because I had a wonderful time with the guys.
0: I was about to say, yeah, team cohesion everything.
1: If you go to a race and you win everything, but you hate the guys you're with, like, what's the point? And now this is something I'm trying to get Travis to work on because he wants to be like Euro team manager. Like he wants to be this, you know, quick step type type program. I don't want that. I want to be. I want to have fun, man. I want to have like, like the, the Instagram reel we did of Chris Tolley being like, you know, Legion can ride a crit, but can they ride a wall? Any wall rides in the cycling kit with a cycling helmet? That's what I want. I want, I want to show that it is, you can compete at the highest level, but regardless of your results, you had fun. And so, um, the guys we have uh, the, the 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 bonds and the relationships and the the chemistry off the bike dude is is 10 out of 10 like sick w- amazing and,
0: and so guys, we just start, need
1: to work on the you still won gc you know, though riding dude. side of things um and but that that's easy to do right if if our yeah. personalities can can come together we can figure out the riding we have the firepower chris toley dude he could have easily gotten on the podium in the in the final crit there was a crash uh that kind of gapped him um but his he's rolling our guy evan you know that did that reel got sixth in the road race like dude we're gonna have opportunities and vos was dude the hitters were hidden and so um but actually
0: the hitters weren't hidden in my opinion i mean i was a little i was a little shocked with the legion um come out at the totally. top level. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, dude, hats off to fucking Project Echelon. Period. I don't give a fuck who you are. Like, to go, to do what Project Echelon did this weekend, because here's the thing. Winning that time trial for Project Echelon, I, I thought I was done and in the bag with Zach Craig. But to win the fucking road race and then still kind of be up there in the crit, chapeau, my friend.
1: Uh, yeah, really amazing. Um, and the and the thing that floated around all weekend was, yeah, but it's early. <laughs> but, to, but but to uh, me, it's early uh, to, to me,
0: everyone, man.
1: Well, but it it's a bike race.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: What, what what's the difference between a bike race in February and a bike race in July? They're bike races. Absolutely. Uh, you, you, you lined up, and you're going to try to do your best, right? Look, if uh, you go to a
0: bike race, you're going to win. I don't care what time of year it is. Okay. Yeah. It's just- but I
1: mean, so I, I think. I don't know what Legion's goal was. Um, I, I definitely like, so in the cat twos, um, for us, when, when Travis, you know, got dropped in the road race and lost the yellow, like that kind of, that kind of put a damper on us a little bit. We were a little, little kicking ourselves in the butt and being sad. And then, um, you know, in the crit, like, uh, Preston broke his collarbone. Like we got two guys broke their bikes. Like, you know, the whole crit just went fucking sideways. Uh, in the road race, we had Steven, who got 11th in the time trial uh, in the ones and and was going to be top 10 in GC, but he crashed, like, with 1K to go in the <sighs> final sprint. Um, so, like, the mood was down, uh, but then I started thinking about the pressure that Legion has, uh, yeah. the, the the brand they've built, and then the fact that they have at least two million dollars in payroll and and with two million dollars in payroll you didn't get top five in ttu you didn't win the road race you didn't even podium the gc fuck right like so yeah it was my my, my weekend brutal. Is, my weekend's not so bad right and uh um, yeah. and I'm, and that's no shade to them like dude they came to that crit and they showed what they, know they showed how to do. what they can do and i mean yeah. it was just like the thing is they can ride a crit to the level in which your chances of beating them are almost zero. Yeah. And th- that's who 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 has ever done that in the cycling realm? Who like okay? You know healthcare? Is diff- I guess, but I mean, yeah, I mean, like, mean let's look at like let's look at Peter Sagan, right? Peter Sagan, yeah, maybe one of the best, you know, he might come home with five wins in the year and not be like really successful or whatever right like that like you don't win that much in cycling
0: yeah there's there's a few though so and i'm gonna go ahead and tip my hats to these guys uh 2015 2016 daniel holloway like he had a three-man team there wasn't a single crit he pretty much wasn't off the podium and that was around the time that would be like that was at the time when united healthcare was still really huge um and they had the blue train and, and that would be like somebody, ne- that'd be like you ghost or like me going out and ghost riding with like two, three other guys. And like, you know, when crit life kind of popped up and those kind of teams and just rolling Legion, that would be like me showing up with a team called, yeah, we'll just do crit life. It'd be like me, Iman Lucas and Brandon Fury do crit life. And then Iman Lucas and I were winning races. Like that's what Dan Holloway did in like 2015, 2016. And then you had the blue train, obviously where people wouldn't register. They, they were asked and told not to register for the race. They will be, they're in the race, they're fine, but they didn't want to see the start list to where people wouldn't register for the crits. That's crazy. Like that, that, and, and there was a time also with the team management. So I had, a, I had a guy who used to live here with team management. They used to tell him not to stack the podium because when they were going to other sponsors and they had a stacked podium, it didn't look good. It didn't look like anybody showed up. And so, like oh, back, early. isn't that insane to think about? And this was around the time, I think this was like 2014, 2015, because I was telling I was like, man, Legion stacked a podium. He's like, dude, well, back in the day, when I was on United Healthcare, we used to get in trouble when we would stack the podium. And that's why we would lap the field so much. So we would just be sure at least one of us would get on, th- like we would win the race and then we could dictate everything else. And that's insane. Yeah. Well, it's, it's eras, right? You enter
1: an era and Legion is definitely entering that era. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's, what's insane is that again, bike racing is so unpredictable, uh, and there's so many variables and yet somehow they always figure it out or at least in a crit. Uh, and, and they are, I think they're changing the face of American cycling. They're making it, um, I think that it won't be long before, it's like stadiums like you you're there's crits in a stadium yeah, absolutely. and uh it's a hybrid between you know a velodrome and and crit racing uh with the blazers was-
0: coming on the scene and like i know justin has i think he has some part with the miami blazers but with the miami blazers coming into the fold like it's it's only a matter of time before you have like the colorado tornadoes and the fucking arizona you know hurricanes or something i don't know i'm just throwing shit out there right and yeah, and taken over. But anyways, we're, we're, we're running short on time. I want, I want you to be able to get to ride, but I got to ask you one more question. And, and, you know, this trickles into coffee and stuff. Um, dude, if you could have a cup of coffee with one individual, dead or alive, who would that person be? And then how would you take your coffee? And i want to put you on the spot with this because i feel like if you ever had like a higher power come to you and ask you this question it would be like a a 10 second thing like you couldn't tell the dude to wait or you know the chick whoever whoever you want to look at it you know what i mean you couldn't be like hey higher power give me like give me like a couple minutes man i've i've heard people ask that question before but i don't know
1: i guess i've never really thought about it uh and so there's a couple different i know i know so i guess like i would want to try to do research on who who knows about aliens? Like, I, I like
0: <laughs> dude, you just went whole fucking left field. I was expecting you to be like, Yeah, Ricky Carmichael would be cool. I love motocross and uh yeah, a- <laughs> Like, like what I, I want to know, like
1: the Pentagon official, like what Pentagon official like worked on an alien spacecraft, right? Like it would it would be yeah. some name that no one's ever heard of, and 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 I would it would just me and him or me and her whoever it is that knows some shit
0: yeah that's what that's they have that guy that was on you should and i don't i'm not a huge joe rogan fan but they had that guy on the joe rogan podcast that like essentially worked at area 51 and wrote a whole book on it
1: yeah it's you know it's hard it's hard to say though because that guy has some inconsistencies in his stories and you know uh, who i'm talking
0: about though right yeah, yeah 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 yeah
1: um but so you know bob lazar uh yeah yeah. and so if i could have it if i could have coffee with any one person you know uh i i would want it to maybe be like again like some the person out of the system cia agent you know that you know you've never heard of but that would have access to the information that i want to know because i want to know i want to know some shit that no one else knows
0: and no holds Uh, bar yeah
1: yeah, and so then I would definitely take my coffee black uh, for sure. <laughs> but um, you know, I guess I guess if I had to put a name to it, you know, uh, I, I think Elon Musk is is kind of cool. But then uh, maybe this is like cancel territory. But Joe Rogan has spoke to most of the interesting people on the planet.
0: Hundred percent. And so,
1: and, and there's so many things he's done off camera, right? Like Neil deGrasse Tyson, Elon Musk you know, these, these guys that are, are geniuses, uh, um, Sean Carroll, I mean, physicists, scientists, geniuses. I like that might be kind of neat if you chose him because you could ask him about these guys and yeah. get a little bit of insight, you know, that, that would probably be an interesting conversation, but,
0: uh, no, absolutely. Um, I think that would be wild. But, um, but anyways, Tyler, dude, you're the fucking man. I, I really appreciate your time and, and guys. If you haven't already, please make sure you go check out uh, all his social media. But you're probably here because of his social media, and you want to get to know more about him. But anyways, I'll put links down in the description below, and uh, links to the Impossible Route. I think what he's doing over there in that space is really fucking cool. So well, be we're, sure to we're check headed, it out.
1: We're headed in a week to go do episode one of season two. Uh, West Texas, Big Bend area, 340 miles of unbelievable, ter- you know, nasty terrain all in one go nonstop.
0: stop jesus Christ. 30, so, 35
1: hours 35 hours of gravel riding through a route that's never been done before
0: and Yay. yeah and so <laughs> we're back we're back to craziness so be on the lookout for some of that content but other than that guys we'll uh we'll see you next time cheers all right see ya.